Every story has more than one side to it. There's more than one angle to a story. Understanding and being able to speak a second language gives you another perspective. It trains your brain in a way to think differently or abstract. It grows your ability to empathize. Depending on when and how you learn the language, it captures certain parts of you when you use that language in practice. And it's just one of the things that I'm so grateful for that I grew up that way. You might think you're listening to the words of a neuroscientist, possibly a professor. Actually, he is neither. These are the thoughts of an entrepreneur who sells tacos. Really good tacos. My name is John Daryl Wallace, but Dario is my given nickname now. I am Mexican and I am American. I'm part of this generation of people that also sees themselves as citizens of the planet. My title is CEO and founder of Tacombi. Welcome to season five of America the Bilingual, where we are interviewing inspiring American bilinguals, authors, celebrity chefs, and today, one of the rising stars in the restaurant world, Dario Wallace. I'm Steve Levine. The name of Dario's company, Tacombi, is a mashup of two words that are well known in Mexico. Stand by for that explanation. It's part of the origin story behind this beloved and delicious business that Dario is growing. We have today 15 Tacombis. We'll have 22 by the end of the year. 11 of those are in New York City. And the new Tacombis are in. Miami, Washington, D.C., and uh, Connecticut and Long Island later this year, and also Chicago, which will be our furthest Western Tacombi. My first Tacombi experience was in New York on Elizabeth Street in Manhattan. I recall there was this retrofitted Volkswagen bus parked inside, but what I remember even more was that the tacos were amazing. Yeah, it was our first location in New York City. A lot of good memories in that space. But space is notoriously hard to come by in New York. Back in 2009, I was biking all over downtown and walking the streets east to west across the island of Manhattan. And one day came across uh, this space and the owner was on the ladder hanging up a sign that said for rent by owner. And I knew that was a lucky break. Lucky indeed, especially since Dario had no proven concept, no broker to represent him, and no money for a security deposit. But he had something. And I had that opportunity to make a connection with this person. And it turned out that this was a, just a, a very kind and, and good man. He listened to my story and on a handshake, let me push the Tacombi, which I didn't have a home for at the time, into his warehouse there on, on Elizabeth Street. You literally pushed your Tacombi inside. Yeah, because the Tacombi doesn't have a motor anymore. When I ride it into the taco stand, I had to take out the motor because it takes up a good part of the standing space that we needed inside. Ah, uh, so that explained the VW bus I saw in the restaurant. But I was curious about the name, Tacombi. I got the taco part, but 
So why Tacombe? Where did that word come from? The VW bus in Mexico is called the Combi, kind of the car of Mexico throughout the 60s, 70s, and, and, and even to present day, you see them all over the city. I, I would take a Combi to school growing up in Monterrey. Almost every person in Mexico has memories of whether it's for their business or road trips in, in, the, in the Combi. And one day when I heard those two words together as one name, that was the name I was searching for these years. And that is what got me kicked off on the adventure of buying my first Combi, a 1963 Volkswagen in, in Mexico City and driving it from Mexico City to Playa del Carmen. The story of how Dario eventually pushed that Combi into a rented space on Elizabeth Street is a journey that began with his parents. My mother is from Monterrey. My father was born in Paris. His parents were Ukrainian refugees during World War II. And when he was 10, 12 years old, they moved to Canada. My father went to University of Toronto, ended up joining this American company, Corning Glassworks, took him into a number of different places in the world. And then he ended up in Mexico building a factory in the 1970s. And he grew up speaking French, English, Ukrainian, and had a natural ability for languages and, and Spanish came to him easily and, and met my mother in Monterrey when he was down there and they fell in love and they were married. By the time Dario came along, his parents had left Mexico. They were back in the U.S. with his father working at Corning's headquarters in upstate New York on the edge of the Finger Lakes. My mother wanted to name me after her grandfather, Dario. My f- parents decided that to anglicize my name. So I, I was born and, and, and named John Darrell instead of Juan Darío, my middle name, which was the one that, that was used in my house. My mother couldn't pronounce it. She would call me Daril. And then in Mexico, Daryl, people would say Dedo. And, and so Darío kind of started to take over. And I've been Darío kind of ever since. My parents saw it prudent to anglicize my name because at the time I was born, I think being Hispanic or Spanish in the U.S. wasn't some, they, they thought it wouldn't give me a leg up. That was in 1977. The world's very different today, right? My son, his name is Lazaro. I get why my parents did it back in the time. And, but anyways, I, I, it is part of my duality in terms of living between both these countries, a, a large part of my life. And being Dario and, and, and Daryl growing up was, was always an interesting part of my story. And so what was the language of your home? My mother didn't really speak English when she got to New York. So at home, she spoke Spanish to us. My father spoke English and Spanish to her and us. We were kind of living in both of those languages growing up. That we included Dario, his brother, and two sisters. And while his home life toggled between two languages, that wasn't the case at the dinner table. Mexican food was the food at home. My mom was always making all kinds of different dishes that she grew up with.
when Dario was 10 years old, Corning Glassworks asked his father to run their operation in Mexico. My parents really wanted to move back to Mexico so that we could grow up there. I had spent many summers and Christmases and Navidad and, and Semana Santa in Mexico with our abuelos. Abuelos being his grandparents. All of my mom's brothers and sisters were a pretty big family in Monterrey. From a very young age, I, I just had this feeling when I was in Mexico that I was at home. It was like a place that I had this special connection to. His parents enrolled him in the American school in Monterey. It took a while to adjust. Hanging out with the kids from Monterrey, I would speak to them in English and they would speak to me in Spanish. And eventually at home, the Spanish started to become more the, the language that we spoke in general. For high school, though, his parents sent him to boarding school back in Toronto. There were four Mexicans out of, I think, the school of 600 and so, and, and a couple of Venezuelans. And then eventually I started to meet people from other Latin American countries or Spain. And, and, and the Spanish that you start to speak is, it starts to go away from the Spanish that you speak in Mexico in terms of the, the mannerisms and the, the different slang words you use and accent and all that kind of stuff, which kind of began the evolution of my own Spanish. Dario came back to the U.S. to go to college at Cornell, where he met another Latino who gave him some unusual advice. I'd gotten there to study economics, but my guidance counselor was from Venezuela, and he was new to the school. And he is like, look, I, I kind of see that there's a lot of things that, that you want to study. And, and so just go do it. Don't, don't follow your, your core curriculum. Just go study whatever you want across the university. And we'll figure it out later, which was awesome. And I remember taking a number of Spanish literature classes, which allowed me to study all these things, writers from across Latin America and Spain. And uh, started opening up this window that has become one of the, my great passions in life into Mexican culture and, and its history and, and the many beautiful traditions that are central to the business that I'm in. And I, I think I knew that I wanted to pursue a, a, an entrepreneurial path. As with many entrepreneurs, Dario took the path less traveled. In the end, I didn't graduate from Cornell because I took so many courses outside of any core curriculum that I didn't have enough credits to graduate in, in my degree. But Dario got something at Cornell that was perhaps even more important than a degree. Dario got a mentor. A successful Cornell graduate named Jeff Parker came back to campus to give a talk. Dario was so impressed he asked if he could stay in touch. As Parker learned about this eager student with his language skills, he saw a place for Dario in his new venture and hired him to build his company's Latin American division. We were connecting the major public companies of Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, to, to his network. So I'm guessing that your uh, knowledge of uh, not just Mexican Spanish, but Spanish more broadly, was an asset for you in that position? It was. When, when, I, when I was at Cornell, I had already started studying German and started taking Italian and then Portuguese 
at some point as well. I think I was very lucky was to follow my heart. And I got to study a lot of things that I loved. And by studying languages, I got to connect with cultures in a deeper way. Through his college connections, Dario spent time in Florence, learning to speak Italian like a Florentine. He also spent one of his Cornell years on a scholarship in Germany. You kind of go on these language adventures, and in the end, you find these moments where you just connect with the local culture in a way that you couldn't before. It it was really an, an incredible experience. And his German experience took a fast turn. My last part of that was an a practicum, a practicum, what they call in German, which is an internship in Stuttgart at Porsche. So I, my boss in Germany at Porsche was this awesome guy from Eastern Germany. And so he, he spoke fluent Arabic and Spanish. We would speak in English, German and Spanish, and then we would go to Mexico on work trips. The main project he had given me was to work on, on the dealer network development in Mexico. So it was, it was always something bringing me back to Mexico and always something bringing me back to Spanish. It was a luxury German car company that took Dario home to Mexico, but a more humble German vehicle, that VW Combi, would end up taking the young entrepreneur farther. Many famous um, entrepreneurs who didn't finish college. You're in the pantheon of, of those, are you? Well, not yet. <laughs> I have a long way to go. Tacombe is still a very small business, and we are trying to do things right as, as we build the company. And there's been a lot of news reports about a, a, a large and important investment that you received recently. We did a, our first institutional capital raise with Enlightened Hospitality Investments. If that name doesn't sound familiar to you, this one might. Shake Shack. Danny Meyer was the founder. He's also the founder of Enlightened Hospitality. It's just been such an awesome opportunity to work with this gentleman and and his team. I'm speaking to you right now from our offices on the Bowery, and their offices are a couple subway stops north at Union Square. You also have some Mexican investors, don't you? We do. I decided to start Tacombi in Mexico. I got some good advice to do it. But Tacombi is a Mexican company, right? It's a Mexican brand. And and while we're headquartered in New York right now, meeting those Mexican investors who had built really some of the most respected global businesses to come out of Mexico, to me, it was a great opportunity for the brand to become more true to its roots. Dario told me he wants to make Tacombi a global brand. Over the next couple of years, the plans are to have 75 restaurants serving this authentic Mexican food. How does your Spanish ability help you in building Tacombi? I think you, you don't have to speak Spanish to get Mexican food. But um, Tacombi's story is because it's so it's intertwined with the, the culture and the traditions and the diversity of Mexico. And, and it is a story of exploring the country, being able to visit a taqueria in Tlalpan and, and, and talk to the people there late at night in the town plaza. And you hear their stories and where they're from and why they love what they do. Inspired me on, on the journey to, to keep exploring and to keep building. At the end of the day, it's the human connection.
Stanford professor Guadalupe Valdez told me that balanced bilingualism doesn't exist. One language always dominates in some domains, while another language dominates in others. My business classes, all those things were in English. Uh, family life, eating, food, enjoyment, all those things were in Spanish. I feel that it, it brings out different parts of me when, when I speak either Spanish or English. Uh, and I can communicate better about emotional or personal things in Spanish and, and better about this or, or th those types of topics in English. But there is a special way that these two languages come together in the Tacombi vision, and that's in the tortilla factory that Dario opened in New York City. We make a tortilla, uh, which is the core of, of, of a good taco, under a brand called Vista Hermosa, which is the, the name of the colonia where my mother grew up in, in Monterrey. Vista Hermosa tortillas are available in grocery stores around the U.S., this factory, it's, it's important to us on so many levels, and it's, it's next to one of the largest Mexican communities in New York City. When I started it, was that we would build this brand that could share the beauty of Mexico and in return, invest in, in, in advancing Mexican communities. Dario had a vision of supporting the community, not just with jobs, but through his foundation, which helps to feed the needy. Before he knew it, his vision would be put to a test the pandemic hit. We launched the Tacombi Community Kitchen out of the foundation, using our restaurants to make food for many of the people that lost their jobs. And that has now turned into an effort across the entire East Coast and, and wherever we go, where we, and so far we've donated a little over 550,000 meals and, and are making many thousands of meals every week to support food insecurity. Today, Dario is commuting between New York and Miami, where his family is. I wanted to have a base so I could be there year-round and, and, and be with my family. One of the toughest things about building a national brand is, is being away from your family. I asked Dario what languages he now speaks at home. My wife is from Germany. She's from the south, from Bavaria. And at home, we speak Spanish, English, and German. And we're very lucky that... My mother-in-law spends a lot of time here with us, and so we, we speak German, and it's really cool to see our, our son. So we, we, Lassaro is almost four, four years old, and our daughter, Walker Nehalenia, is almost nine months, so she's not talking yet. They're going to try to live our lives in a way that allows them to grow up similar to the way that we did, speaking, speaking both languages. Thinking of your, your Spanish skills again, can you finish the sentence, I'll never forget the time when? I will never forget the time when both my parents came to visit me in Tacombi in Mexico for the first time. Why is that? Because everything really that led to Tacombi was because of them. It has been... An, an awesome adventure so far, that's for sure. I, I'm, I'm grateful for every moment.
We hope you've enjoyed our talk with Dario Wolas. If you like our podcast, please share it. Send it to a friend and be one of our reviewers on Spotify or Apple Podcast. You'll be helping to spread the power of bilingualism to do good in the world. You can read about other inspiring American bilinguals in my book, America's Bilingual Century. Details are on the book page of americathebilingual.com. My thanks to members of the America the Bilingual team who worked on this episode, Fernando Hernandez and his production house in Guadalajara, Mexico, Esto No Es Radio, which also provides sound design and mixing. Also to Mim Harrison, our editorial and brand director who wrote and directed this episode. And Carla Hernandez at Daruma Tech, who manages our website. Thanks for listening for America the Bilingual. This is Steve Levine.